Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. With views of Italy in the horizon, on the coast of the Adriatic Sea, with thousands of miles of beaches and countless islands, sits Croatia. Venetian Renaissance style with walled cities made this area a major backdrop for the popular Game of Thrones series. Old world beauty and modern luxury make Croatia one of our top travel picks. Today we are joined with Michelin star chef Rudy Stefan, who tells us about his gastronomic heritage at his well-known restaurant Pellegrini. Along with Chef Rudy, Get ready to enjoy a five-star seaside golf and spa resort with Kai Barons, general manager of Kempinski Adriatic Hotel. With eight national parks and year-round sunshine, it's a nature lover's paradise. Or, if rich meats, cheeses, wines, and truffles sound more your style, enjoy one of many foodie tours after a day of sailing or kayaking. Welcome to this episode of Destination Everywhere, Croatia. Welcome, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with my partner, Todd Bloodworth, and we are so excited to be joining you in Croatia today. It is going to be a fantastic show. We're going to talk about all different areas of Croatia. We have been several times, done the entire coast and inland, and from the wines to the cheeses to the fresh seafood to the history, it is definitely a bucket list adventure. So, Todd, let's talk a little bit about our last trip there where we um, cruised along the coast. It was pretty incredible. No, it absolutely was. We did that a few years ago. And Croatia was one of those places that growing up, you never heard about it as a destination, especially for people coming from the States. I think probably in Europe, it was always yeah. a lot more popular. But when the itinerary came out for this trip that and he's talking about, and I saw Croatia, I was really excited because I had heard of Dubrovnik and I'd seen pictures of it. And then that was obviously one of the destinations. But Besides Dubrovnik, it is so cool to just go up the coast and just see all of these other towns. I think we went to Dubrovnik, we went Split, Korčula was another one, which is an island. But if you look at it on a map, it's got a tremendous, huge coastline. Thousands and thousands of miles of beach. Right. And included in that right off, there's islands and each island is unique also, but it's got such a history to it. And for the people who've watched Game of Thrones, obviously... A lot of the background for Game of Thrones was actually filmed in Croatia, which is uh, really yeah, interesting. Dubrov Dubrovnik was the city that they use as the backdrop for which which was I think it was top. one of the scenes that got where the city was totally demolished. You know, yeah, obviously one of the last ones, <laughs> right? But the Dalmatian coast, you know, goes it just stretches. It's a big, vast area. And there were a lot of locations filmed for that series along the Dalmatian coast, which was really cool. Yeah, but just an incredible country for so many reasons. We probably could do four or five shows about Croatia. Uh, we're going to stuff as much as we can from bucket list things. We're going to talk to a, a Michelin star chef. We're going to talk to the general manager of one of the nicest five-star hotels in the northern part of Croatia. So we've got a great list of activities and folks to speak to today. And just to give our listeners some perspective of where Croatia is, it's, it lies on the Adriatic Sea. And just north of it is Slovenia, which is another one of those untouched countries that maybe one day will open up and become a, a great tourist yeah. destination. And then just south of it is Montenegro and then Albania, which all of these incidentally were places that we stopped when we were going up the Adriatic coast. And it was all amazing. And as close as they are, they are all so different in terms of the culture there, but it was gorgeous. Absolutely. And because of its location, it's actually really, really affordable to get to from anywhere in Europe. Italy's right across the Adriatic. So it's a quick flight from Rome. So there's lots of easy ways to get there. And again, one of these locations that you definitely want to put on your bucket list, there's lots to do from wine tastings to great country to bike in because of the rural roads. 
there's just so much to do. So we can't wait to bring it to you. I want to talk about some of these that like, you know, 10% of it is made up of natural reserves. So for people who really enjoy the outdoors, there is a lot of that to enjoy in Croatia. So let's get started, everybody. We'll be right back with Kai Barons, the general manager for the Kapinski Adriatic in the northern part of Croatia. We're excited to have him. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Destination Everywhere, Croatia. And we are here with our next special guest with Kai Barons. And Kai is the cluster general manager of two Kempinski properties, one in Slovenia, but we're actually going to focus on Croatia. And that is the Kempinski Hotel Adriatic. So Kai, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you. So Kai, you are German born. First, I want to talk about you before we get into the hotel. How did you end up in Croatia? What is your background in the hospitality and, and hotel business? I always say somehow it was you get the unexpected and and I ended up in Croatia one and a half years ago and it came basically overnight. I was prior to here stationed in China and one day I got a call from my uh, regional president asking me if I would be moving back to Europe. And I said, oh, of course, sure, why not? And then he said, how about you come to Croatia? And I said, you must be kidding me. <laughs> and he said, why? He said, because that was actually one of the properties I was always hoping for because it's a stunning, a stunning location, a stunning uh, hotel and a, a fantastic country to work in. And I said, of course. So it went basically within three weeks, the, the deal was done. And I had the pleasure of, of relocating from central China into a small town in Croatia. So I came from a like 18 million city in, in China to a, a 300 town in Croatia. So I oh, got goodness, completely that's small. shocked in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you landed in a beautiful place. I mean, if you're looking on our YouTube channel, uh, you can see uh, sitting in front of a plate glass window, looking over the Adriatic, which is one of the most beautiful oceans or seas in the, in the world. It's just stunning there. Absolutely beautiful. Now, is your entire hotel background been with the Kempinski Hotels? No, I, I joined 20 old years, the hospitality sector. And I started with a that stage, relatively small American brand called Hyatt. And, <laughs> and I spent my first 10 years in the career with Hyatt and, and grew up through the ranks. And then back uh, yeah, 12, 13 years ago, I decided it's time, time to change the brands. And then at that time, my, my GM, he took me with him to a Kempinski project to open, which unfortunately never happened. And then I uh, basically said, no, listen, I stick to the company and I'm, I'm a very loyal employee to my brands. I said, I don't want to jump brands all the time. So in my 20 plus years, I basically worked for two brands. Well, and for people that aren't familiar with Kempinski, they may know the name of a property, but not even know it's a Kempinski property. But each hotel is very unique in their design. Absolutely, they're, they're not a cookie cutter brand by any means. They're very boutique in the feel and the service. And let's talk about Croatia specifically, the Kempinski Hotel Adriatic on the northest end of Croatia, correct? On a peninsula? That's correct. It's basically one of the most unknown areas of Croatia. Because if you talk Croatia on the national scale, people know Croatia. And this is mainly because of the southern part, being right. in yeah. Dubrovnik Very popular, and then yeah. traveling, up, traveling up north and then potentially maybe split. But the northern part is relatively unknown. And it's a pity because for me, actually, the northern part is way more attractive than, than the southern part because it's a complete mixture of different cultures. It all used to belong at one stage to Italy. It once belonged to Austria. So there's the people have a, a cultural mix of all these different nationalities, oh, that's wonderful. which makes it, makes it very interesting. And and it's a blend of, you know, all the food and all the culinary. It gets the blends from all over, all of Europe. And that makes it really unique. You're considered a five-star property in Europe. Tell us a little bit about what makes your property so special. When we, we opened the hotel like uh, 11 years ago, the Adriatic was the first true international five-star luxury property in the northern part of Croatia. This has now, over the last few years, and more and more uh, luxury hotels are coming into that part. And so we actually invented luxury travel into Istria. And people know us over the last 10, 11 years 
And if you talk luxury destination Istria, people say, oh, really, that's the Kempinski, that's the only one you have. And I think whenever this entire development was established, it was a mind-blowing project. Because it's not only the, the hotel we, we had, which was basically built onto the shore of a, a very rocky coast. And we, call, we have the hotel, which 186 rooms and suites. We have then there the leisure facilities, two outdoor pools, one indoor pool. And then on top, we have built a Congress Center, which is for me oh, one of fantastic. the most unique items, which is because that's where I'm standing right now is our conference center, where you actually sit on the beach and you look onto the sea while having a conference. And that's something I think nobody else has. And, and we always say we have then people coming for, for site inspection. And their biggest concern is actually that, oh, by God damn, you know, my attendees, they get distracted, you know, because because of these views. They oh, can you close all <laughs> the windows, please? He said, how can you close these windows? You know, right. yes, we can, but you're not coming for sitting in a dark room. It's just amazing. So it's great for sales meetings, sales incentive programs, conferences? Um, conferences, yes, but mainly we are focusing on, on incentive and, and product launches. I mean, we, are, great. we have quite a lot of um, uh, car launches because on, on top of East is, is very secluded. So you have uh, no traffic. So you, people come here, they show, uh, companies come showcase their, their brand new cars, uh, which are not on the market yet. The journalists fly in. And, and nobody actually notices it. And, and they can enjoy, uh, you know, the privacy uh, of, of really small roads, driving that's great. cars with completely unnoticed. So that's, that's one of the key focus areas we're having. And, so, and then because also, you know, we have a golf course attached, um, combines a lot of, of other opportunities with the golf course. Oh, nice. How many, how many holes? Is it an 18-hole golf course? It's an it's a 18-hole golf course on, on 72 par with a, the course length of over uh, 6,000 uh, meters. Sounds um, beautiful. So it, and it's, it's the good thing is, or not so good thing, depending how you look as a golfer, uh, entire Croatia only has, I think, three or four golf courses. So we're one of oh, the only wow. ones in, in, in the area. So a lot of our, our business, especially in, in spring and autumn, uh, are golfers who travel from uh, north, uh, southern Germany in Austria who come for a long weekend or a week just to enjoy uh, the, the, the climate and, and, and uh, good rounds of golf. And to give our listeners a perspective, directly behind Kai right now, if you're looking at the YouTube channel, you see Slovenia, and that's just over the water. And then if you go directly across the Adriatic, you pretty much run into Venice, Italy, which is about, what, a two and a half hour boat ride? Depends on the boat you have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. if, I mean, if you normally, it, it, you can do it easily in a, in a two hour boat ride, yes. Nice. Uh, excellent, sorry excellent. to correct you, correct you, what you see across actually here, that's actually Italy already. Oh, so oh really? That's Italy. And only on the other side, you see uh, Slovenia, but because, I mean, that, that peninsula here is, is one of the rare areas where you actually have ac- see directly three countries. So you have Croatia, Slovenia, and Italy. And, and in the good days, when you have clear days, which unfortunately is not so strong, you ha- also see the Italian Alps behind us. So, oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. So it's, Incredible. it's uh, after, after a rainy day, you know, the Alps look very close. You see, especially in spring or early autumn you see in the snow covered alps you have 20 degrees here beautiful sun it's just amazing so just jumping back to the uh, golf course real quick are some of the are some of the holes on the coast unfortunately not the golf course is more inland it's on the other side yes it's on the other side of of the hotel but you have on some holes you actually have views to the sea but it's not direct on the coast well it sounds absolutely beautiful and let's talk a little bit about some of the activities at the hotel does for guests and uh, groups that come into the property. So what are some of the favorite activities that you recommend people do around the uh, hotel? The most favorite activities often depends on, on the seasonality. Quite a lot of companies interest of combination of all. They want to do some outdoor activities, being it going onto the sea. The last couple of years, stand-up paddling is the favorite sport. So we oh, organize you know, a group of 20, 30 people going, going with a paddling board two, three kilometers along the coastline. And then there comes a small uh, secluded beach where we then prepare picnics or barbecues and just to enjoy. Most of them are not going to make it back on the paddling board because, you know, they're enjoying too much the 
the local <laughs> wines, but that's, that's something different. And then we also combine because Istria is, for me, one of the most interesting culinary destinations. Okay. So a lot of people actually want to experience the culinary. So we have in the early, or now in early autumn, we, we sometimes arrange, we go olive picking. Because, you know, all around us, there are olive trees. So we go oh, to one of the olive farms. They're going to pick the olive oil, the olives, and then it's a nice takeaway afterwards. Oh, uh, what a great, what a great activity. Personalized, personalized bottle of olive oils. Then so well known is that East is actually one of the biggest producers of truffles. Okay. So a lot of people, a lot of groups actually, actually want to go on truffle hunting tours. And in spring, it's basically the black truffle. In summer, we go for the summer truffle. And now, currently, it's actually the season for, for the white truffle. So, oh, it's, so there's, it's three se- there's, there's three seasons. Yes, there, there are minimum three seasons for, for the truffle hunting. And every single one is different. And, and obviously, Fantastic. Now, the white truffle is just mind-blowing. And it's very easy to find. So there's so much out there. So it's more or less guaranteed success. Now, when, when they truffle hunt, are they using dogs or pigs? Because I heard both. I heard pigs are more effective. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I've heard they use both. Here, they mainly use dogs. Dogs. Got it. But I, I think it's more to do because the pigs eat the truffle quicker than you can say. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, Kai, tell us a little bit about the wine scene there and what you can do around uh, wine. The uh, Easter, again, very famous for wines. The southern part here, or the peninsula, more the coastal side, more known for the white wines. So a typical okay. Eastern white wine is a Malvasia. And then again, I think in 20 kilometer radius, there are around 20 to 30 wineries. Oh, wow. Very, so you can, actually take a, you can actually take a tour from the hotel. You can actually take a tour from the hotel. I mean, the closest winemaker next to us is 300 meters away. Okay. And, nice. and uh, <laughs> you can just they have a wine cellar, they do the estate tours. You have really local small-scale wineries, but you also have very, very large-scale wineries, which are very famous in the region, in Europe, and, and also overseas. So, you, I mean, if you want to visit every winery, I mean, you better stay for, for a month, you know, and one day you visit, <laughs> next day you take a break, and then you go off again. Oh, how incredible. What a great thing to do with your guest. And it sounds like it's really easy to get to back and forth and you can do it most of the year or uh, what's the best season to come to if you want to have a wine experience? For the wine experience, it depends if you want to just go for a winery tour and a wine tasting, then that works all year round. But if you want to go a little more I mean, into the experience of the harvesting and experience that, then obviously it's the, the late summer, early fall, uh, because a lot of these wineries are happy to also take you on doing the harvesting and show you how to harvest. Exactly. And, that's a lot of fun. participate in that. So that's late summer. But overall, uh, the seasonality for destination of Croatia, I always say for groups, for events, I always say the best season to travel is either spring, so okay. middle of April until middle of June. Weather is fantastic, very little rain, not too warm. And then again, starting in middle of September until early November. And what's the best airport to fly into? It depends on, obviously, from where you're coming. I mean, the closest airport from a distance is actually Trieste, which is um, around 75, 80 kilometers. Okay. The only issue there in high season, if you come in summer, that you actually have to travel across two borders. So. There's the Italian-Slovenian border, which is not a problem at all because it's an open border. But then yes. you need to cross Slovenia to Croatia, which is a Schengen border, and they are passport control. So there might be or there is a delay on crossing the border. So the quickest actually in travel time is the Pula Airport, okay, which operates mainly in from April until October. Excellent, excellent. An easy trip from there? Yeah, it's basically, it's, you go on to... Like five kilometers away from the hotel starts the highway and the highway drops you just to the airport. So it's a 45, 50 minute drive with no issues at all. Fantastic. So Kai, let's talk a little bit about the dining experiences that you offer at the hotel. Tell us about the main restaurant. The main restaurant we have is located in our hotel premises, which is called Restaurant Diana, where we we see as we are using this as our all day dining in hotel terms, meaning 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There, it's more focused on international cuisine plus some Eastern specialties. But there, because people come with families, they want to have their spaghettis, they want to have their steaks. So it's the widespread of culinary offers. What is a traditional Eastern cuisine? A traditional Eastern cuisine is either a bushkarin, which is a type of beef, which is it's very exclusive. Not too many cattle exist. It's very difficult actually to go buy large quantities. You always have to order like two years in advance right. in order to secure your supplies. And then it's a lot of, obviously, truffles, fresh pasta. The local pasta is either fuji, which is like a, yep. a rolled pasta, or plukansi. And these are the t- two traditional pasta types. And then you eat this either with a, a meat sauce, or obviously we always eat it all the time with truffle sauce. Oh. And and then obviously what else? I'm, get, I'm getting I'm getting really really hungry, Kai. <laughs> and then obviously with with that location, with that sea behind us, so close. I mean, yeah. seafood is in any kinds. That's what you actually eat. So being it the local sea bass, which is fished outside. I mean, we there's local Adriatic tuna. You have the calamari. You you have octopus. Basically everything available. And then. If you travel like 30, 40 kilometers down from here towards Pula, there you have a fjord, which is called Linsky Canal. And what hardly anybody knows, it's very famous for producing one of the best oysters in the world because yes. it's mixing the seawater and the fresh water oh, and it's just producing amazing flavors. So they That's have amazing. amazing oysters, amazing shrimp. And it's just, you know, once you try it, you say, listen, Forget the French oysters. So Kai, we ask each one of our uh, guests that comes on the show to answer some questions for us. And they're questions for people like you who are world travelers, who have seen things and have traveled the globe to give our listeners some tips on what they can do and what they can see around the world. So they're called our rapid fire questions. Are you ready to answer them for us? Sure. Awesome. Okay. So the first one is, is have you ever completed anything on your personal bucket list? And if so, what was it? I mean, you know, I read the question, I said, Jesus Christ, am I that old already? I need a bucket list, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like you said, you know, I'm a very fortunate person. I'm traveling the world. So I just counted earlier. I said, listen, I, I live 11 countries for work. So I've been to the most amazing destinations. And, and being in these amazing destinations, I had the opportunity to visit places which other people would put on their bucket list. And for me, one of the most amazing ones was basically when I was living in Australia, in Australia, everybody talks about, you know, Great Barrier Reef. And I said, forget that one. And for me, one of the most amazing things is the Great Ocean Road, the 12 Apostles. And I was still lucky enough to visit at least 10 of the Apostles. And more and more of them are tumbling. But this is something unique. You walk down and then you have like a, a long stretch of beach on the 12 Apostles where you walk like for miles. And there's nobody. It's just amazing landscape. And you see these amazing towers of stone in, middle, in the middle of the ocean. Oh, and wow. obviously in China, I've been to the Great Wall. I was very fortunate to go on one of these days when there was nobody. So, you know, you see the Beautiful. pictures with millions of people. And we walked up there and we were basically my family and I and nobody else. So I was very lucky picking the right dates. Oh, that's great. Well, that one in Australia sounds fantastic. And we recently did a podcast on Australia and we talked about that. So. Great for anybody's bucket list. All right, next question. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? That you haven't already, I guess. <laughs> I would say uh, I would rent the house next to me right up on the hills, you know, enjoying Croatian coastside because, again, here you have everything you want. You have great food, fantastic weather. And if you need to travel, you have an airport close by. So I can always say rewinding on the eastern coast, if there's... There's no traffic. There's no people. Oh, that's great. It's just an amazing place to be. So is there a walkable village near the hotel? Walkable village. I mean, we have a small town here called Savudria, And that is like altogether like 300 people living. And it's like 300 meters from the hotel. You can walk actually on the coastline. You end up on a small fishing harbor. And there the, the fishermen come in in the morning and you can buy the fresh fish of them. There's three small fishing restaurants, really down to earth, but it's just amazing. Sounds like a really, really special place. Really does. 
If you could travel with someone infamous or famous, who would it be? Because I am actually traveling business-wise every two, three years to new destinations, I don't travel privately. What I do when I go away is like I actually go home and spend time with my, with my family. Yeah, fair I mean, enough. Out of the 365 days a year, I try to be at least 20 days a family man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. When you're packing for a trip, what is something you pack that might surprise our listeners? Okay, initially it's going to sound very strange because what I'm going to take with me is my mobile phone. But I'm not taking a mobile phone for getting calls, but because I'm more or less addicted to Blinkist. I'm not sure. Uh, you know Blinkist is great. Yep. I have a so subscription I, to it. I, every, every free time I have there, I go on, on the Blinkist playlist and just listen to the books because I have no time to reading books. So I do this yep. in 20 minutes. Yeah. There's some great tips there. And they, it's almost like cliff notes for audiobooks. It's incredible. You get through an entire concept in 15 minutes. Uh, that's a great suggestion. So uh, everyone remember that. And finally, what is your most memorable experience in Croatia since you've been there? I always say, it's actually not the most memorable experience since I'm here now. I used to work in a neighboring country eight, nine years ago, and I went on a holiday to Croatia. And I went to a, an island called Hvar, which is a very famous island in front of Split. Okay. And because, you know, our hospitality industry is so stressful, so I went completely on a digital detox. And I rented an old farmer's cabin in the middle of nowhere, where we had no electricity, no running water, no internet, no nothing. And I spent there really two weeks without access to the outside world. And I said, this is so amazing. And that's something you can still find in Croatia. If you want it, you will have the absolute peace and calmness. And if you want, you travel 20 kilometers and then you have your entertainment and nightlife. And so you, you have the best of both worlds. That's really what's beautiful about the country. It's so different in a very small country. You can have lots of different experiences. And that in and of itself, no one's ever said as a bucket list thing to do is to kind of unplug. And I think it's a great suggestion and one that all of us should take and consider because it is a great way to kind of recalibrate and then focus on your life again. So it's a great suggestion. Oh, definitely an experience everybody needs to go through or should go through it. The first few days are a bit tough, you know, not yeah. having a phone in front of you. But, <laughs> but once you get back, it's like, oh, really, do I need that phone again? Right. <laughs> well, and just as a, you know, we're talking about bucket list, what's one thing that somebody who visits Croatia, besides your property, what's one thing that you would recommend you guys must do this? I mean, it's, it's again, a question of the personality of the individual traveling. For me, Istria is amazing for cycling. Okay. So you can do there like 10, 15 cycling tracks from 15 to 100 kilometers of length. And you go off, I mean, really on small roads, no big traffic. It's just amazing. You, and you have these medieval towns, which are like 20, 30 kilometers away. And it's just a day excursion there with, with a bicycle. And it's, it's just amazing. Can you get access to bicycles over there pretty easily? Yeah, I mean, we at the hotel, we are renting both the normal mountain bikes as well as the e-mountain bikes. So oh, that's fantastic. At the hotel. But a lot of people actually like to travel here with their own bikes. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, Kai, thank you for your time today. What a beautiful place. I can't wait to come. I mean, everything you told us from the wineries to the truffle. I mean, now you told me that you can cycle there and it's beautiful and rural. I can't wait to come and we really appreciate your time and telling us about your absolutely beautiful hotel. Thank you for the opportunity and I'm looking forward to seeing you in Croatia, you know? We, I take your truffle hunting. There you absolutely. go. Sounds don't, good. don't plant the truffles ahead of time. <laughs> no, don't Thank worry. I, I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Kai Burns, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you ready to book your hotel for your next company event or family adventure? Let AMI help. We have ongoing relationships with all major hotel chains and access to over 200,000 hotels. Why us? We receive special promotions before they hit the open market, meaning significant cost savings to you. Go to destination-everywhere.com and click the Source Now button and let us get to work for you.
Welcome back. We are still talking about Croatia on this episode of Destination Everywhere. And now we're going to talk about some bucket list items. And there are some really cool and unique things to do in Croatia. such a great place. Absolutely. You heard Kai talk about just the differences in the northern and southern parts of Croatia. So, um, well, you know, we're going to touch a little bit on each. But the first thing that he talked about that I want to touch on again was truffle hunting, obviously, in Istria. And Istria is where his property was located up in the peninsula in the northern part of Croatia, which is really great. But they do have actually an annual truffle festival. And then local guides will escort you through the forest in Istria. And you can actually learn how to find and how to cook truffles, which is absolutely amazing. It's something I did not know, but I learned was the different seasons for the truffles, which was really cool. But that's just a must do. We did it actually in another country one time, but I think Croatia is probably better known for it. So we'd have to definitely put that back on my bucket list. Yeah. And so there's another um, great thing to do in Zagreb, which is the Museum of Illusions. And this is a great thing to have for a business meeting. You can actually rent the entire space out, or you can actually do it as an individual tourist. But there's a visual sensory and educational experience with 70 exhibits that teach you about vision, perception, and the human brain. You can defy gravity in a room where the water flows uphill, or you can see your friend shrink before your eyes and get lost in a maze of mirrors. <laughs> so that's I, got a, fun. I got a couple of friends I'd like to shrink. <laughs> or you can hang from a ceiling in a rotating room. So um, that's called the Museum of Illusions in Zagreb's. And it might be a great thing to do if you're in the city. I do love a magician. Yeah, for sure. But the next one I'm going to talk about, it's something that just kind of like shot all mists that I thought I knew about the wine industry. But There is actually an an underwater winery in Adibo, and they have built the first underwater winery, aging wine at the bottom of the Adriatic Sea. How cool is that? Very cool. And you can also visit Adibo Wine Bar and then kind of learn about the process and how they do it. You can taste the wines. And then if you really have that need for increasing that adventure level a little bit, you can actually do a scuba diving tour of the winery itself. So if you're a scuba diver, this is probably something you want to add to your bucket list. Unbelievable. I have to do that. I mean, being able to scuba dive to a winery, that is now going on to my top 20 bucket list for sure. You know, I wonder the depth because I wonder if you could just snorkel over it. I know. <laughs> to check it out. <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. Speaking of winery, there's a great international festival of wine and culinary art. Um, it's held at the Hotel Esplanade and supposedly the top uh, food and wine event in Croatia. So if you're a foodie and a wine aficionado, you definitely want to consider um, the International Festival of Wine and Culinary Art at the Hotel Esplanade. And I'm going to take you back over to the water a second. Something that is unique to Croatia is the Pasaras. And the Pasara is a traditional uh, Croatian boat. So you could go to Havar Island, take one of these Pasaras out. You could fit six passengers on them. You don't need any experience in driving boats in order to maneuver these. And on board, they typically have a refrigerator. You can stock up on food, water, alcohol, and enjoy your day at sea. Sounds like the perfect day, doesn't it? Yeah. And just off the Havar Islands, there's also the Paklinski Islands, which you can go explore. So just grab a group of friends, depending on who you travel with. Obviously, become a little bit familiar with the area because you will end up in the Adriatic, but that would be a great experience. And then if you love wine, and I'm taking you back to wine again too, there's the Havar Wine Tours. And you could do half a day of swimming and then half a day of wine tasting. But I definitely do the wine tasting second. Yeah. So here's something that that, uh, Todd and I did a few years ago was enjoy a drink at the Hidden Cliff Bar. Um, It's in Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik is one of those cities that looks like it's a a movie set. We said earlier that it it was the base for one of the cities in in Game of Thrones. But it was actually just a lot of it was destroyed in the um, Bosnian War about 20, 30 years ago. And so they've rebuilt a lot of the red tiles as it just makes it even more dramatic as a city. But they have two bars that are on the edge of the cliffs. And the name is Buza, Buza and Buza 2. <laughs> I, I think a, I'm saying that right. That's but it, transla- it translates as whole because you can only access them through a hole in the cliff. And I know that uh, Kai was talking about seeing lots of paddle boarders out. And I remember sitting at this bar, which is actually you know enclosed inside a cliff looking out and there were just tons of paddle boards going on. It was kind of a maze to get there too, because we could see it. Yeah. 
And then we knew we're like, we want to go there because it was just gorgeous. Yeah, People we weren't just, even planning. We kind yeah. of snuck up on it. We didn't even right. plan on it. And then you kind of start walking through these little corridors and you're like, I think this is it. And I think you go out here. And the next thing you know, you go through a, you know, a hole and then you know, there's- You're just, in this spar. Yeah, we need to definitely make sure everyone, if you're going to Dubrovnik, make sure you put that on your list because it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's on the water side. So if you're looking out the walled city, you'll see it on the water side down low. It's really, really cool. And then you could also listen to Zadar's Sea Organ. And it's uh, underneath the 230 footsteps on Zadar's coastline. It's 35 differing pipes and they all create beautiful tones when the water goes in and out. So we actually did that as well. And it was really neat. When the tide would come in, you would hear them and it was, it goes out. It just pushes the air through these pipes. Yeah. And it was really cool. A lot of people there are taking pictures, but it's known as the Sea Organ. And they say it never makes the same noise twice. And it's great for hanging out, sunbathing, having a meal. Yeah. And that you're on the coast, there's tons of caves. We've already mentioned two or three of them, but there's also two famous ones. There's the Blue Cave, which is a blue grotto. And you can go every day and it between the hours of 11 and 1 on Sunday days, it illuminates the water into this bright blue. It's a little touristy, so you might want to try to go in the off season. But for a similar experience, there's also the Green Cave, which is located on Bisevo Island. And it's often less crowded because it's farther out and it provides you the options for swimming as well. So pretty incredible. And anywhere in Croatia, you're going to be able to enjoy the beautiful Adriatic, which I would argue is one of the most beautiful uh, bodies of water on the planet. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it, besides actually like going and doing something, the great thing about Croatia and every single destination that we went to, you could just walk, walking, yeah grabbing a beer, sitting and just watching the people and looking at the view. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah. And it's absolutely great for those who own a business or are in charge of a group. It's a great group destination because a lot of people haven't been. It's relatively inexpensive still and is one of those places that has the high quality of a European country, but not necessarily the prices and the views are unmatched. Yeah. Again, I put it on my bucket list again. I want to go back there. I yeah, absolutely sure. love it. I, absolutely. And then, you know, we said like the countries that surround it, they're all probably, they're not as touristy, but maybe one day we'll get to uh, go into those and check out new things as well. But right now, Croatia is just on the money. Hello and welcome back. We are very excited to have a very special guest with us. We have the executive chef and owner of Pellegrini's in Šibenik, Croatia. We have the executive chef and owner, Rudy Stefan. Chef, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really pleased and honored to be the part of your podcast. So Chef Rudy, we wanted to talk a little bit about Croatia. It seems with the people that I talk to, it's become a very popular destination probably the last decade especially from visitors from the U.S. and many other places that are pretty far away. What is the attraction right now to Croatia that you see that is drawing people to come? I, in a couple of last years, I have uh, one nice example to explain what Croatia is. If we talk in uh, hospitality terms, it's like you have uh, huge hotels, big hotels with 1,000 rooms, and Croatia is like a boutique hotel. That's, oh, very a, nice. that's a really good analogy. That's absolutely great. It's a really beautiful, but it's uh, limited with uh, really good ingredients. It's not for the mass tourism. It's for targeted uh, for a small individual tourism. This is what I think is future for Croatia. So your specialty is gastronomic cooking. And can you explain a little bit what that means? Well, first of all, what we usually say, we need to have the passion uh, for the job what we do. Without passion, uh, it would be difficult to wake up in the morning and to continue the things what you do. Uh, yes. I wouldn't say gastronomic. I would say that we try to use uh, ingredients, what we have around us, and try to give the best to the, our guests. The most important is uh, to provide really special gastronomic event for your guests or experience. I would say it's better experience. Well, let's start with where your uh, restaurant from, because you're actually from there, right, Shibanek? Croatia. Tell us a little bit about your hometown and why people should come visit. Šibenik is a special small city. It's located in the middle of Adriatic Sea, in the middle of Croatia, and it's surrounded by two national parks. And uh, Beautiful. 
Yes, it's uh, why uh, Shibunek is special because it has a beautiful river Kirka. If you look in a gastronomic point, we have mussels, we have oysters. This is all influence of the river water and we have salted water, like you would like to say ocean. So this is the richness for Shibunik in gastronomic view and for experience, it's incredible. One day you can stay in Kirka in the mainland and then another day you can go to Kornati National Park, which is incredible, completely different. It's like you are arriving on the moon, something special and crazy, full of uh, sage. Yeah, is there great hiking there? Yes, definitely, definitely. And this is, uh, I would like to say, these are the spots which can extend the season. So I think oh, nice. the, to visit our area, it's really nice in uh, April, in May, even October, November, because it's not so crowded with the people and you can get the really nice hospitality and it will be a great experience. Yeah, the last time I was actually in Croatia was in May and it was absolutely beautiful. And I have not been to Šibenik, but it's definitely on my bucket list now because it just looks absolutely beautiful. The reason I asked about hiking is that I love to hike and it sounds like it's a beautiful place, especially if you have two national parks right there. That would just be a great thing to do. Definitely. Not only hiking, it's uh, lots of uh, seawater activities, uh, river water activities. There is so many cultural things. Šibenik is a city of the different fortresses which are made to protect uh, Šibenik city from the Ottoman Empire. And this is uh, very important to understand the influence because Shibenik was for 400 years under the Venice Republic. So uh-huh. we have huge Italian influence on our cuisine. And uh, Skradin, which is uh, only like uh, 10 kilometers from Shibenik, was under the Ottoman Republic. Oh, wow. So do you also have a Middle Eastern take on some of your food as well? Of course, of course. I say that we are rich because we can use all these elements. We can use Ottoman influence, Austrian, Hungarian, Venice Republic, and French. Well, let's talk a little bit about your food then. Let's talk about like kind of what, what inspires you. What type of food is your favorite? What are you really focused on today? When I was like uh, 15 years ago, when I was a little bit younger, I was looking for really special ingredients. And it's like in one book, you, you travel all around the world to, to find at the end that the best thing is uh, in front of you. So if you look at uh, the picture behind you, if you go to the harbor, when you come to the harbor, you will see the mussels. So this is what we didn't use a lot because we thought the mussels are the, for the poor people. It's not uh, what we want to make. It's not like specialty. So I think the best ingredient is when it comes fresh from the sea and it arrives in the restaurant. And I think that's the best what we can provide to our guests. The freshness of this mussel is something special. And this is what you are going to remember for a long time. So all our cuisine is based on this principle. We try to use as more as we can ingredients from our area. So we don't uh, buy ingredients far away and they don't travel a lot. Well, and Chef, I want to, one, congratulate you because uh, Pellegrini's has been awarded a Michelin star every year since 2018, correct? That's right. That's right. Congratulations. That's a fantastic achievement. What was the process like being awarded a Michelin star? How does a restaurant find out that they've been awarded a star? Thank you. Thank you a lot. I think in the case of Croatia, it was a huge help of the Croatian government because last 10 years they made research and they find out that the gastronomy is very important uh, for the guests, especially for the, it's like uh, 30, 35%. It's important to make decision where you will travel. So then a Croatian board, a touristic board decided to invest more in uh, important gastronomic uh, guides. So they helped that uh, Michelin Guide arrived to Croatia. It's very important to put Croatia on gastronomic map of the, of the world. And for us, it wasn't main aim to receive the Michelin star. For me, it's always important that we have happy guests. That's the most important thing. But after like 14 years uh, of hard work, somebody recognized that and thank you them. And uh, I always like to say thank you to my team because without my team, it wouldn't be possible. They are the most important part of uh, our Michelin star. Yeah, 14 years, that's a very long time in the restaurant business nowadays, isn't it? Definitely, yes. In the (laughs) restaurant business, (laughs) I agree. It's a long time and it's lots of ups and downs, especially because uh, Shibenik is a touristic uh, spot. So we have lots of, when it's high season, it's high pressure. And then in the wintertime, it's uh, really slow and you need to keep all your team 
and activities all year round. So this is the biggest difficulty in our case, and this is why we try to invent new things and to extend the season. What are some new items on your menu for this season that you've launched? For this season, uh, now we, we did uh, zucchini and uh, sea bass. This is new, zucchini flower. We have a couple of days more zucchini flower. Now we have for the, when you finish, you get the like melon sorbet with nice. olive oil and panna cotta. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> we always try <laughs> to follow what is in, a, when ingredient is in a peach, we try to, today we work on the new dessert. I think it will go out on the, tomorrow or day after tomorrow it's on, uh, based on the figs, figs and ricotta cheese. Wow. No, that's Very wonderful. Good. We always seem to conduct interviews with chefs before we've eaten, and it it, 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 it doesn't it, it makes doesn't us hungry. Yes, yeah. So, chef, tell us a little bit. You're the founder of something called Chef Stage. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and the purpose for it? Yes, you are right. We found the Chef Stage as we talked before. Fourteen years is a long time in our business. We detected some problems which are very difficult, and if we wait that somebody solves our problems, I think it it will take even more. So we decided to find what are the problems. The problem is that Croatia is not recognized in the world as a gastronomic country. It's a small country and not so many people know about it. We think always that lots of people know for us, but when you make research, it's not like that. So we want to bring more and more people, opinion makers, bring them to Croatia, show what Croatia can, and then that they spread the stories around the world. The same thing what we do today. Then we had a very important thing, which is not only in Croatia, but it's, uh, I think, uh, worldwide, is that young people, they don't want to do any more uh, service. Uh-huh. Service and long hours in the kitchen. So this is uh, what we, we need to start to talk about it. We need to start to find new ideas, how to fix it. And on the other case, as well, we need to say to our clients that it's not possible to operate all year around uh, seven days a week. It's not possible. The people, they need the rest. They need the... Uh, it's huge pressure in the restaurant business and it's always long hours. So yeah, we need for to sure. find... I don't know, can we do that? But I think only what we can do is to try to find solution. So then what we had uh, in Croatia as well, we didn't have so many trained young chefs. So our school system is not good enough to provide good service when they finish the school. So when they finish the culinary school, they need to start from the scratch in the restaurants. So this is the reason why we made foundation called Budifudi, which collects the money from the big companies in Croatia. We had a big support from Coca-Cola, Croatia, and we sent the free students to the foreign universities to do the trainings for the we choose the students from 16 to 26. They don't need to have any skills and knowledge in hospitality before. Only they need to have will that they want to work in hospitality. That's so great. We did the training for the pastry chef, for the chef, and now we did for the restaurant manager as well in Italy. We did the training. So this is the, the things what we think it's very important to, to do. What a great uh, program you started to uh, help restaurateurs and people who want to get into it. That just sounds fantastic. So as a chef and you've got a, a Michelin star now, what are your personal goals? Are you going to open up more restaurants? Or are you just going to focus on the restaurant you have? What are your long-term goals? My goal from the start was uh, to live in Shibenik with my family and to stay happy. And we are happy with one restaurant. That's, uh, we struggled to survive with this one restaurant. And this is what makes me happy. I think it's very difficult to, to have more restaurants on this level. It's very hard, very hard. Yeah, I think that's very smart, especially if you want to maintain the quality and the staff. And like you said, if it's, especially with staff today, like you said, restaurant staff and the pressures that they're all under, focusing on one restaurant is a great idea. No, it's, it's great to hear that you're getting ahead of the problem and identifying it and coming up with solutions before they become almost a, a pandemic within the restaurant industry. It's a novel idea. It's great that you're doing that. In terms of Croatia and the food that people might expect, what is an authentic Croatian dish that people can expect to see when they go to Croatia? Okay. I would like to say about Croatia, it's really, really small, but special country. Why? If you look in uh, wine production terms, there is not so many countries in the world 
which can produce uh, like uh, from extreme hot climate to ice wine. I don't know how many countries, I think Croatia is maybe one or there is another one, I don't know. But in Croatia, you can buy the ice wine from the continental part of Croatia. So you can buy extreme red wines from peninsula uh, Pelicans, which is completely different. So in this case, divide Croatia on five key regions, like uh, Slavonia, uh-huh. which is more, it's really nice, special, really good food, spicy food, spicy sausages, lots of food production, mainly pork, cowl, veal, and of course, wild games. Then you have the main city and uh, Zagoria, which is, again, it's a small hills, really, really special area. I would say duck production, chicken production is special in that area. Then we have Gorski Kotar and Primoria. It's like uh, big woods. When you enter inside, it's something incredible. There is a small uh, strawberries, a small raspberries inside the, the woods. Then you, you will find lots of lots of different types of the mushrooms. So completely, and it's perfect area for potato. Then you come to Istria. Istria is now well known for the truffles, for the pasta. It's huge influence of, of Italy. And of yeah. course, Istria is on the sea. And there are specialty in some type of the seashells. And there is langoustines, really incredible langoustines. And then we come to Dalmatia. The beauty of Dalmatia is 1,000 islands. So every island is like a mini state, I would say. So, Chef, do you participate? You know, now we're seeing in different countries food and wine festivals, you know, showing up that are very, very popular where there's celebrity chefs there and there's a lot of cooking demonstrations. Do you participate in those? And, and if so, which ones do you suggest? Which ones do you like more than others? Well, there was one uh, special wine fair in Zagreb. It's always like in November when the season comes and on when the harvest finish, uh, all the winemakers and all the restaurateurs come on one place and it's and this like is, this is Zagreb like, you said Zagreb Zagreb okay. yes it's a really nice uh, special it's always the last weekend of uh, November it's uh, Esplanada Wine Festival it's really something special the Esplanada uh, Wine Festival sounds yes. great it's in a really beautiful old hotel one yeah. of the most beautiful hotels in Croatia Esplanada and now you can find uh, locally more and more I need to say in the last like uh, four years, every, every city and every region has some local nice festival. That's great. Chefs have become somewhat of a celebrity these days, you know, whether you're from a, a small restaurant or a large chain of restaurants, but it, people love watching them. My kids will watch the Food Network and just watch chefs cook things and bake things. And I just love how they get involved with it. And I hope some of it spills into the kitchen at our house. It hasn't yet. Okay, so Chef, we wrap up our interviews with a couple of uh, rapid-fire questions. The first question I have for you is, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? It would be definitely summer in Europe. Summer in Europe, okay. What part of Europe? Any, any particular part of Europe? I, uh, I think your picture is giving the answer, somewhere <laughs> close to the sea. Somewhere close to the sea. Oh, nice. But definitely, I would say definitely Shibanik and Croatia. Shibanik and Croatia, good answer, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Great. Have you ever completed anything on your bucket list, something that you really, really wanted to do that was life-changing? It was like a couple of times, definitely. But for me, as a child, it was something special. It was like uh, Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina. Uh, yeah. Amazing country. Yeah. When we earned the first money from the restaurant, we spent all money in, for that trip for 12 days in Argentina. So my next question for you is uh, when, picking, uh, when packing for a trip, what is something that you always pack uh, that might surprise our listeners? Maybe always what I have, it's a cork opener, wine cork opener. A wine cork opener. <laughs> I think that might be a first, Todd. No, actually, no. We interviewed another chef who said the exact same thing. Always, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He always takes a cork opener too, because a little church key. Yeah. That's a good answer. And it's, it's because, always uh, For example, we traveled to Germany and it was with my uh, two sommeliers. We had the trip to... Germany to wine region, and then we stopped to buy uh, some uh, quick breakfast, some salami, some bread, uh, and oh, we saw a nice bottle of wine. So we, we bought a bottle of wine, but we didn't have the. So now you never so leave. So I with said it. we need no. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. always. 
But I have to put that on my short list. And my last question for you, especially since you're born and raised in Croatia, what is your most memorable kind of experience in Croatia that you would like to convey that if someone's coming to Croatia for the first time, besides coming to your restaurant and having a great meal, what's another great experience that you remember that you'd like to recommend? To be honest, it's a really difficult question. (laughs) Really difficult question. And I can't say it's only one. I can't say it's only one. Well, I would actually agree with you because Croatia is such a beautiful country and there's so much to do in it. Every time I go, I want to come back because you just can't see it all in one trip. Definitely. As I said, islands in Croatia are like special thing. Every island has different rules, different culture, different approach, uh, even different language. If you talk about islands, I'm always connected with island Vis and I would say the Vis is something, something to see and spend time on it, definitely. Uh, but it's uh, Vis and Komija, two cities on the island, they have different dialect. It's really something interesting. Uh, I can't say Kvar is special, but Korčula. Korčula is amazing. Then for me, I prefer more quiet places than Peninsula Perishats. It's something with the culture, with the food, with extremely good wines, oysters, Dubrovnik. Then uh, if you go to the north, the part of Dalmatia, definitely, not, definitely I would say Island Park. Okay. Again, small island, but they have like uh, four brands. It's something okay. they have like a special lamb from Island Park. They have the park cheese. Oh, uh, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Then uh, a special way how the old ladies make some blankets. They call it uh, park uh, chipka. Then uh, if you go to Kirk, uh, to Rijeka, Istria, Istria is uh, as well so peaceful, so best truffles come from, from one of the best Excellent. truffles come from Istria. You sit, uh, you come to Motovun in uh, September and then below you it's uh, River Birna. It's in the fog and you are on the top of the hill. You're enjoying in really good glass of uh, Malvasia and you eat uh, nice pasta with the truffles. What else do you need? I know I actually have two great pictures, two pieces of art that I got in Cortula that are hanging in my living room that are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Chef, thank you so much for joining us. If thank people you. want to make a reservation, where should they go? What's your website? They should go to the www.pellegrini.hr. And then from our website, they can do the reservation for the restaurant. And we'll also put that on our website for the listeners. So, but Chef, thank you so much for your time. We know you're thank very you, busy. Chef. So thank again, you. we wish you the best of luck and congratulations. And we wish you a successful uh, 2021. Take care. Welcome back, everybody. Todd, wasn't Chef Rudy great? No, he was. He was a lot of fun to talk to. And I think I just learned a lot about the culinary experience that you can get in Croatia. Which yeah, it's is, a really growing scene. Yeah, it's a really growing scene there. Well, you know, the, he talked about, you know, the olive oils and the pastas and the seafood. Well, between him and Kai, they kind of touched on some of the same things, which I thought was really cool. And so you really do. It kind of sounds like it's a Mediterranean signature dishes for Croatia, but there are also so many other things. But no, I can't wait to get back there and try some of the uh, unique food that they prepare. Yeah. So everyone, we gave you a great hotel with the Kapinski Adriatic and then stop by Chef Rudy's restaurant, Pellegrini. And then some of my favorite bucket list items that we talked about, I've got to go do the underwater winery. That just sounds like something that is a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, and then all the other wineries on top of that in, in Croatia, which is a really, really cool scene. I want to also cycle up the northern coast. It's really rural, but supposedly unbelievably beautiful. And you actually stay at the Kapinski if you did that. And then uh, something that we have down in uh, Dubrovnik is going to that bar cave that you kind of have to wind down to get to. That's kind of a once in a lifetime and really, really unique experience. That is a must do. Yeah. How about you, Todd? I think definitely the Pasara, because there are so many islands that are off of the coast. I'd love to just get a boat and just go start exploring. You probably could just go on forever, but Right. You know, just see which islands are inhabited, which are preserved as parts of nature conservancies. But I just think that'd be a lot of fun, you know, spend a couple of days doing that. Well, that does it for this episode of Destination Everywhere, Croatia. Definitely add some things to your bucket list. But we'd also like to thank some special members from our team. We have Chris Jordan, our copywriter, Guy Quattlebaum, our content developer, Annie Fernandez, our creative director. And of course, 
Lauren Campbell, our amazing podcast producer. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. So we look forward to speaking with you next time on Destination Everywhere. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.